Thank you for listening to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast from Asheville, North Carolina. For more information on Trinity Baptist Church, please visit tbcashville.org. Or to learn more about our senior pastor, Dr. Ralph Sexton, please visit ralphsextonministries.com. The speaker for today is Pastor Alan Rash. Have you ever thought in life where you might be if it had not been for the Lord? Have you ever thought about it? Just to sit back and think, where would I be if it were not for the Lord? Obviously, we could think of places that we could be and maybe have been and then the Lord come into our life. I'm going to do a little review this morning before we get to the message. It will lead into uh, the message today, but if you'll look in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. These next set of verses we read at certain times of the year. Sometimes we go over them throughout the year. But I want us to take a review. As we begin another year, 2020, and no doubt 2019 finishing up, and here we are already the last Sunday of 2020. A lot has happened in our lives, no doubt, through 2019 in the start. Uh, some joyous occasions, some joyous times, and uh, some things that we just didn't understand or something that we don't realize what God was doing until throughout that course of history and then you see on the other side what he was doing. We've had the opportunity, as I said, to start another year, 2020. And where would you be today if it had not been for Luke chapter 2, verse number 1? And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing were, were made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Verse number 6, and, it, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. In verse number 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Luke chapter 2, Where would you be without the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ? Where today would we be 
If it had not been for this birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Turn over, if you would, to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27, verse 33. Verse 33 says, And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar and drink, mauled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. Verse 35, And they crucified him with, and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Verse number 50. Jesus said, Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Let's read number, verse 50 one more time. Jesus when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Where would you be today if we did not have a crucified Lord? Where would you be today if we had not had the crucified Savior? Matthew chapter 28, verse number 1, we find these words. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus who was crucified. Verse number 6. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Again, I ask, where would you be if it had not been for a Savior who was born, who was crucified, and laid in a grave, and today he's not there? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 10. Bible says, and while they were steadfastly looking toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Question mark. This same Jesus, which is taken from up from you into heaven, shall also come in like manner 
as ye have seen him go into heaven. Where would you be if this risen Savior had not gone to heaven? And as the verse says here that he's coming back. He's coming back for all of us that know him as Savior. We go from this, these stories of the Lord and what he's done for us to our scripture for today found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you'll turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Last Sunday, Pastor Nathan preached to us from Philippians 2.21. About for all seek their own, not the things which are Christ. Last Sunday evening, Pastor Rory preached from Philippians 1.21 for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Today we continue a book written by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians about Paul talking to the people there in Corinth and there's keys here of about how we should run a race. This is taking place uh, near the uh, there in Corinth where they will do the Olympic Games, the games there where they compete with each other, just as we do in the uh, Olympics here, uh, wherever they're uh, being uh, played. Throughout the world. Here in 2020, the Olympic Games will be held in Tokyo. But here, if you can set the stage of they're in Corinth, they're near Greece, where they're going to compete in these games. And Paul is going to use this analogy of athletes to us and to them about running a race. The Bible tells us. Here in 1 Corinthians 9, if you'll follow in verse 24, it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we... And incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, that lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Many of you here today, and I have, played in some sports. I know it's hard to believe, but I have. I've played uh, baseball and some basketball. That's when I was much taller. <laughs> no, I've, I've played baseball and I've played basketball. And I know many of you, we had some at 815 this morning that had played in sports for the schools and 
colleges and things of that. But I remember really playing some baseball and you know what you have to do to practice. They have you out there all the time. It seems like practicing and, you know, hitting balls to you and you have to catch those, throw them, you got to run, you got to do this and that. And if you're playing basketball, there's drills. There's all these things that you have to do to be able to win, to compete. Just as Paul's telling... Uh, the people here, and using the analogy of athletes, that you have to run. You have to obtain. There's things that you have to do to be able to run and to be able to win. I remember playing baseball, and if we would win, we'd play there at the primary school at Weaverville in the Little League, and our coaches would always do something for us if we won. They would take us to Stony Knob Restaurant for a milkshake. And, hey, that was something to look forward to. If you were 9, 10, whatever, I mean, that was good. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to try to win. Because I'm going to go, and we'd all load up, and we'd go to the restaurant, and we'd get a milkshake, whatever you wanted. That was something too. Not just one flavor, whatever you wanted. So here we are and remember that day as well as it is today of the times we would win and we would load up and we would go and that was such a good experience. Because we won. We were able to win the game. And we had to no doubt have discipline around the bases and all the things that we were doing. So we could win. There was only one goal in mind. We weren't going out there and the coaches getting us all together and saying, okay, today we're going to lose. But nothing like that. Because we wanted to win. And that's the way it is in our Christian life. We want to obtain. We want to win. And Paul is telling the Corinthians here about these games that they could relate to. And they could know about. They could place that upon their heart to say, yes, I want to win. And I want to run this race the way that the Lord wants me to run it. So if we're going to run this race, I'm going to give you about six things here through this scripture that it's going to take for us to win. Number one, if you're taking notes, we have to proceed. Proceed. Or we have to get started. Look at verse 24 again. Verse 24. Paul says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So here's what we got to do. We have to get started. You know, there was a time in my life when we were playing ball that I enjoyed that, that I wanted to do that. So how I had to get started. I had to get signed up. 
I had to do all these things to be able to play for a team. We had many teams there in Weaverville at that time and uh, uh, sponsored by different uh, places, Hadley Corporation, uh, Glenn Paint, all these things that went into us getting teams that we were able to play. Number one is that we had to train. As I said earlier, you had to get in there and you had to work, or if not, you were going to sit on the bench. You were not going to play as much. So it was up to us that we had to get in there and we had to work at it and we had to run the bases, we had to do everything at practice, not stand out there and, you know, look at the sky, but we had to work at it. So we could be in the game. We had to train. We had the track. We had the course, the bases that we had to run. You had that part of your life. You had to train. You had the track. And then you had the trophy. Or somewhere that you were going to win. You had those things that you had to keep in mind in order to run the race, to win the ball game. If it was a basketball game, if it was a football game, whatever sport you were in, you had to do that. You had to get started. And the Bible tells us, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. We're all in a race. We're all in a race that the Lord Jesus Christ is helping us. Amen? We had coaches in football. We had coaches in uh, basketball and baseball. But we had to get started. And I remember getting started on this race with the Lord when I was 12 years old at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in the north part of the county. I remember as a little boy, the preacher preaching. It was a revival meeting and me coming down, kneeling at an altar, and giving the Lord my life. And you know what? Ever since that day, 12 years ago, or when I was 12, been longer than 12 years. <laughs> woo, much longer than 12 years ago. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I had somebody else that was on this run, that was in this race with me, that was taking me on this life journey that I did not know what it was ahead, Brother Larry, but I knew he was with me. And Miss Emily... You being in your 90s, the Lord's been with you through all those years since you accepted him as your Lord and your Savior. That's how we get started. We're on this race. The Lord's looking out after us. He knows every part of our race that we're going to run. So I'm certainly grateful for what he's done in my life from that day.
that we knelt at an altar. In the verses I read, the Lord Jesus was born. He gave his life. He died on a cross for us, for our sins. He was crucified, placed in a tomb, and rose from that tomb that he borrowed just for a few days. And because of that, he's ascended to heaven, and one day he's coming back. And that's the race that we're on. And I'm so thankful. Every day don't go right. Every day's not good. But I know the Lord's in here. And He's helping us. And He's helping you. If you've acknowledged Him as Savior and gave Him your life, we have to get started. Number two is that we have to pursue or we have to keep moving. Look at the middle part of verse number 24. It says, but one winneth prize, so run that ye may obtain. That word, uh, so run, has the connotation that you have to keep running. And that word obtain means to lay hold of. Hey, I'm going to run and I'm going to keep running so I can lay hold of that prize that is ahead of me. This Part of keep running is there's no time to slow down. Paul's telling us that we cannot settle to watch on the sidelines. As I told you earlier, who wants to sit in the dugout? I didn't. I wanted to get out there and play and run and do these things. To be in the race, be in the game. For us, there's no time to be on the sidelines There's no time to be in the dugout. We need to be in the race. We need to be running. Running this race of life. Number two is pursue, keep moving. And if we keep moving, even when we don't feel like it, you have to keep going. When things are coming about us, we have to keep going in this race. The Lord's going to be with us. He's going to help us through it. So we need to continue to go through that race. Philippians 3, verse 4, Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That word press means to pursue. To swiftly, to go reaching for the goal. That word mark, I press toward the mark, has that meaning of the goal is ahead The goal is at the end. We're going to make it. We're going to go to the goal. And the third part, the prize for the mark of the prize. That's our heavenly reward. We're going to go. We're going to pursue. Number three is that we prepare. We have to get ready. Verse number 25, look at it again with me. It says, And every man that striveth, For the mastery is temperate in all things. So we have to get ready. We have to prepare every man. We have to compete for this mastery or this prize. And we have to be temperate in those things that we do. We have to be 
self-control. We have to be disciplined just as you do if you're playing any sport. You have to be disciplined. There's coaches, there's people around you to keep you where you're supposed to be. We have to be temperate. We have to be self-controlled and disciplined. Athletes who want to win, they go through strict training and even that word uh, there at the end that uh, it says uh, mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. You know, those people that were playing those games, and even today we have all the trophies and the things that we win, but it's not going to pale with the, what we get. We don't have an incorruptible crown. We've got a corruptible crown. Or we have an incorruptible. That was a corruptible crown. So we need that running, that race, that we're going to have that crown that we're going to be able to place there at the feet of Jesus. And as we prepare our race, as we prepare every day, as I said earlier, you can plan a day out but we don't know what that day is going to hold. There's a couple of things that we do, that I do, that you should do, and I know you do, is that we have that time in prayer. How else are we going to prepare for our race, for our day? We prepare by praying. We prepare by giving our day to the Lord. And then we have that time that we read His Word that we study and we look over, we have that as we're running our race, we are preparing just as those athletes prepare and just as those athletes work hard. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Let us lay aside every weight, and sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with patience. That word patience means with endurance or with steadfastness. Run with patience the race that is set before us. Do you ever see any athletes, baseball players, football players, basketball players with a bunch of stuff on them, weights to hold them down? No. The Bible tells us, Lay aside those things. Lay aside that weight and the sin that so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Number four is we have to perceive or we have to stay focused. Look at verse 25. We stay focused in our race at what is ahead. It says, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown or one that perishes. But we, an incorruptible crown that does not decay. Today there'll be the football trophies and all the things that on this life that we see, that we hold, that we get. But you know, one day we're going to see the Lord. We're going to be finished our race 
and we're going to be with him one day, and we're going to have those things that we've done, that we can lay those crowns, we can lay those trophies at his feet. So we have to keep working. Our goal, our finish line, what is ahead of us is heaven. And those things on earth will pass away, but what we get will not pass away. Number five, there is a purpose. Get energized. Look at verse number 26. The Bible says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Paul is saying, I'm running because I see the goal ahead. I practice. It says, I therefore run, not because I don't have a reason to. Paul's saying, you've got a reason. The goal is ahead. The Lord Jesus is ahead that we get to see Him, we get to be with Him for this race down here, for what He's done for every one of us. We have that reward that's coming. Paul says, would someone fight if they were just going to beat the air? He says, "There, uh, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Just... You're just out there not doing anything. But if you notice verse 27, it says, but I keep under my body and to bring it into subjection. We have a purpose. And then number six is this part right there I just read. That I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means... When I preach to others, I find myself a castaway. What do we do? We have to persist. Never, ever quit. Paul was telling them, hey, every day I have to bring my body in subjection. I'm flesh, just as you are. And we have those things that come our way. But what are we going to do? We have to bring it under subjection. How are you going to train? How are you going to keep going on this race? But that you have to bring it, your body in subjection. Every day, I have to do that. Without discipline, without discipline, we're going to fall. But we keep our body and bring it into subjection. The keys of playing hard and winning for this prize is that we have to proceed. We have to get started. We have to pursue. We have to keep moving. We have to get ready. We have to stay focused. We have to get energized. And the final best thing is we can't quit. We can't quit. The prize the Lord is just ahead. I was thinking there just this morning when I was going over some of this and even at 8.15 when I preached this. We were at two funerals yesterday for family members of, or family of church members. And you know what came up at both of those services and they were 
miles apart. Both of them, Brother Davis, they talked about how their race was. They didn't give the word race, but they talked about the race they were in and how they didn't give up and how today, because of their Lord in their life, the time that they gave him their life. That they're in heaven today. That was both times. And we hear it over and over again. It's that time of life that our race is over. We don't know when that's going to be. What's important is that you know that you know that you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. Our pianist is going to come. I want to give you this opportunity. I don't know everyone that's here, and I don't know where you are in your life, but this is the important time. We read those verses earlier about what the Lord did for us. That he was born. That he was crucified. That he was placed in a tomb. And he went to heaven. And he's coming back for us. All of us today are on a race. The race of life. We're all at different courses. We're all in different places. But the most important part is that you have the Lord with you. You may be here today and, or you may be watching on the internet or you may be listening to the radio. And today you just don't know. Where will I spend eternity? Where will I spend eternity? I'm on this race. I know I am. I know I'm doing all these things. But we were talking about the goal that is ahead. Where will you spend eternity? You may be here today. And you don't know a time. As I was talking that there was a time when I can go back to and know when I asked the Lord to save me without a shadow of a doubt. I know that. You can know that too if you don't. It's the 26th of January, 2020. There's no better day that if you do not know the Lord, that today is that day. We're on the race. We're on a run. Finish well. Finish that race that you're on with the Lord. Brother Dud's going to sing with heads bowed and eyes closed.
I want to give us the opportunity today as we're thinking about this race and what we're doing in life. You may be here today and you do not know the Lord as your Savior. Now, now is the best time to do it. We don't know when our race is going to end. Oh, we want to think we've got another 10 years or 15 years. We're not assured to get out of this building. But what's important, where will you spend eternity? There's no age limit. You can be young or you can be old. Before we pray, is there anybody here that would say, Pastor Allen, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I were to die or the Lord would come back. We read it. He's coming back. It could be today. I'm not sure where I'd spend eternity. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Brother Doug, if you'll sing. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the sitting there and you're thinking I don't know a time that that's happened to me I don't know a time that I've asked the Lord to save me you can know it today you can know it today if you come down to the altar there's pastors here there's ones that will help you to know that day Father, today we do bow and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for what you did on the cross of Calvary. That as we run our race, we know you're with us. And helping us today, this as a reminder 
to all of us today that we're in a run and we need to run well. Father, if there be one here today that doesn't know you, before they leave, if they come up and see me or see Pastor Donnie, one of the pastors here, we would show them how they would know before they left this building. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction of your word. Father, we thank you for this congregation of people that we love. And Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. I pray that today God spoke to your heart. You know, it's one thing to hear Ralph talk. It's one thing to hear a choir sing. It's one thing to hear a group bring a special song presentation. But it's altogether different when you're sitting there in that hotel room, in your house, maybe listening on your phone while you're at work, and God speaks to your heart. That's not me. That's not a Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian church. That's God. That's personal. That's you. And the Bible teaches quite clearly that when God touches your heart, when He speaks to you, that you can call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This Bible teaches that all of us have to have Him. You say, well, Brother Ralph, your dad was a preacher. My dad being a preacher couldn't help me. Well, you say your mama taught Sunday school and she prayed. That couldn't help me. The Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, not me, not the Baptist, the Bible says that there's none righteous, though not one. Today is the day of salvation. You can begin anew. It can start over. The past can be covered by the blood. You can get out of living in your rearview mirror, the guilt, the problems. God can forgive you and you can start over today. You say, Brother Ralph, how's that possible? Well, a simple prayer is that very beginning. God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. And I promise you, God, from this day forward, I'll serve you with the rest of my life. You can begin again in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you call us, you write to us. We'll send you a copy of the Word of God. And I want to encourage you to get into a local church, a church in your community, that you can have a fellowship of faith that will help you grow and teach you about the Word of God. Today's the day of salvation. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Let's serve the Lord together and let's meet each other in heaven. I'll be praying for you and I ask you to pray for me.